It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between the emotional, the physical, the spiritual, and the intellectual facets of who we are as human beings. And um, Tara uh, Patricia, who was on my show just the other day, reminded me that we are human in the physical, but we are also beings in terms of uh, our spiritual connection to the divine. And so, you know, that's a good thing to sort of remember as we get ready to go into today's show. Um, Before we do that, I want to remind everybody to go to www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. There is about 160 shows that are archived there now. <clears throat> and you can also, um, you know, check us out on the podcast um, platforms as well. We're on Spotify and uh, Google, uh, iHeartRadio, and Apple. So uh, there's a lot of places you can, um, you know, check us out and uh, keep up to date with the topics that we try to cover. Um, if you're on the website, you're going to see Boomers Forever Young. You can sign up for their free newsletter and explore their website. There's lots of testimonies, uh, there's blogs, there's videos, and I think you're going to find their products very, very interesting, especially as we try to stay healthy even into 2021. Now we went through the pandemic of 2020. It has not let go of us. And here we are, um, you know, into August now of 2021. And we have the Delta variant and whatever else is on the horizon. My voice sounds a little scratchy. I have had, um, I don't know whether it's the flu or a cold or what. I was tested and it was a negative. I wanted to make sure that I you know, wasn't uh, coming down with something like the Delta variant. And so fortunately, that was not the case. But uh, excuse the hoarseness. And uh, so as we look at today's show, um, I have one of my most favorite people back with me, Doug Warner. And um, Doug and I have done, oh my goodness, I think we've probably done seven at least, Mm -hmm. maybe eight shows together in the last three years. Yep. So, um He is a yoga and meditation teacher, and he's also a certified labyrinth facilitator, and I'm going to have him mention on today's show, anybody listening in the uh, Clearwater, um, St. Pete, uh, northern Pinellas County area, he's going to be doing a labyrinth walk uh, for the fall equinox at Madeira Beach, so I'll have him mention that a little bit later. Um, but uh, I've done a labyrinth walk with Doug and it was a lot of fun and it also helps you kind of go within and look at maybe the things that might be holding you back from living your best life. Um, you'll be also able to find Doug at Douglas at WarnerHealingGuidance.com and that will be on the podcast links so that you'll be able to contact him directly. So today we're going to be talking about uh, if you've lost your mojo, how do you go about finding it again? What do you need to do to make those repairs so that you can begin to rebuild that inner resilience that we all need to have? And um, so welcome back, Doug. Well, thanks, Lucy. Thanks for having me again. Oh, you're very welcome. It's always fun to have you here, and we've covered so many really (laughs) interesting topics. 
So when somebody um, talks about their mojo, just in case there's somebody mm -hmm. listening that has no idea what that word means, yep. what is a person's mojo? Okay, great question, because I, I made an assumption when I started talking about this with some of my students and friends. Uh, my age group and younger, my son's age group, and I just assume everybody knew what mojo meant, and, if, and I was surprised that they don't. So nope. um, if anyone's ever uh, seen the, the movie series with uh, Michael Myers, uh, the, um, where he talks about, he was a spy, and you know the spy who loved me, uh, this kind of thing, and he talks about losing his mojo, mm -hmm. and that's M-O-J-O. And mojo actually comes from, it's a, it's a word in our vocabulary, uh, now and it what it means to us is uh, our focus our energy our motivation um, our purpose even could be our health and in originally mojo is a west african word that i did not know that yeah, west african west african word and it re, oh. it reflects or refers to specific a personal's a person's personal magic or power and actually the um, it would be not unusual uh, historically to have like the Native Americans had medicine bags, sure. they would have a mojo bag. And it might be a, a small bag they wear around their neck or what have you with amulets or, or items that they, they believed had, um, were connected to their personal power. Okay. Right? It, could, it could be an effigy, it could be a crystal, it could be a stone, something that you know, represented their, their personal energy and power. Okay. And by wearing it around their neck, they were kind of... It was right over the heart chakra. Right over their heart chakra. So, yeah, okay. yeah. Right. So we kind of have that connection. So in our, what, what does it mean in our, in our, uh, you know, our everyday language, what we just talked about? You know, we, here we are, we're kind of, we're in this triple whammy mm -hmm. in, in where the world is right now. And we talk uh, about we've got a pandemic, we've got an environmental crisis. And we've, you know, we've, we've had a lot of political turmoil, whatever your side of the fence, all that is. We've, we've been beat up. Mm -hmm. In one of the last sessions we did, we talked about building resilience. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of looking at that as like, a resilience, how do you weather this? How do you weather this onslaught of everything? And we talked a lot about two personal tools for the health, the mental health, spiritual health, and physical health. Mm -hmm. Kind of moving, moving forward with that. Okay, you put your shield up, mm -hmm. you, 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 you took a stand, and you weathered the storm. Now, how do you how do you get back in the game? How do you start to reclaim your energy? And how are you losing energy? Yeah, because so many people are totally exhausted now. Well, I think we all are. Mm -hmm. And and I liken mojo. And we're going to talk about you know it. Let's. I'm going to interchange the word. Let's just say energy on various levels. Mm -hmm. Imagine you have a bucket like a water bucket, and it's full of your energy. Okay, it's full of your water. Your water is your energy. And you got a hole in the bucket. And it's leaking out one end, and you're kind of trying to keep it full, filled on the other. Right. So it's like, well, what's the first thing you should do? Plug the hole. Obviously, plug the hole. Plug the yeah, hole. Right. Okay. But then people don't know how to plug it. They don't. And they're not even aware that there's a hole in the bucket. Mm -hmm. They're not looking underneath the buckets and say, well, why is this hard to fill? Why do I keep losing my energy? Why am I, keep, why am I exhausted all the time? Mm-hmm. So I think today we want to, um, we're going to, I think we're going to want to talk about how are we, what's, what's constituting the hole in our bucket, right. where are we losing our mojo, right? and how can we, you know, as we've lost it, how can we replenish it? Mm -hmm. So this is getting us not just building resilience, but now moving forward, and how can we get ourselves back in the game, mm -hmm. uh, so to speak. And um, 
you know, hopefully some of this stuff that's going on while the political thing has started to subside to a degree. Hopefully the, the COVID thing is going to subside here, hopefully, in some sort of fashion. Fingers crossed. But anyway, this, I think this is going to be an appropriate topic. So, um, you know, we can look at this whole thing as, you know, as we have before. Mind, body, spirit. Right. Okay. Right. So this is kind of the, the, the triad of the human condition. We are all of these things. Right. And spirit, you know, we're energy bodies. We've talked about this before, and you just mentioned it, actually. Uh, so one of the things, maybe, do you want me to start off with where the hole in the bucket is? Absolutely. Go okay. For it. Okay. So I said, is the first thing you're doing is you're trying to keep that energy level up. Mm-hmm. How are you losing the energy? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like I said, we don't look underneath the bucket to see if there's a hole. Mm-hmm. We just, we're baffled. Why am I tired all the time? Why do I feel disoriented? Why do I, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that, and this might not be things that everyone thinks about. Um, of course, I think we're going to talk, you're going to talk about some diet and some nutritional mm-hmm. ideas. But one of the, a couple of the things that, and I've had some very personal experience with this lately, is where are we losing or where are we giving away our energy? Mm-hmm. And one of the th- things that comes to mind is this concept of um, everyone I'm pretty sure has heard something in the terms of energy vampires. Right. People who kind of suck your energy. You, know, you walk into the room and you felt like somebody just left. Mm-hmm. You know, they walk in, you know, this kind of thing. Is, is, or you've had this conversation for, with someone and all of a sudden you're just totally drained and exhausted. Well, and especially if people are what we call intuitives. Yes. Um, you know, they feel things much more than maybe the average person. Absolutely. And this is going to be one of the, they also are much more open to sharing energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make a statement here, and I've, I've worked with this. I've been a body worker. I've been a massage therapist for 28 years. And one of the first things we learned in, in, tra- in our training, and I've learned it through a lot of other trainings, doing energy work, Reiki, and these other things, mm-hmm. is being very careful not to give your energy out. So my sense of it is there's really no such thing as an a, a, um, energy vampire because mm-hmm. they're not taking your energy. You're it, giving You're it. giving it away consciously or unconsciously. Mm-hmm. They may be needy. They may be... Have, they may have a lot of things going on with themselves. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple as someone who's very ill. Um, and I worked with hospice for a long time, and so I'm working with people who are dying, and they're they're not aware that they're drawing energy from you because right. it, it you know this type of thing. It can be very innocent. It can also be being around people who are just extremely negative right. that are taking your energy. Well, one of the things that. Um, I used to explain to people all the time in a very simplistic way is that we have two basic camps of individuals. One is if you can envision somebody with little antenna on the top of their head and it's constantly swiveling looking to see who can I help. And so you have those individuals that are the helpers in life mm-hmm. and they typically fall into you know missionaries, ministers, teachers, nurses, doctors, you know, people that are helping, they're helpers. And then you have the other group that also have little antenna, and those are swiveling around looking for who can help me. Um, So they're more in what's in it for me, um, kind of a networking. And so the two mesh, and until you kind of get into a position of saying, wait a minute, I only have this much that I can give, 
you will give to the point of almost extinction of yourself. Yep. And I, I go, that goes right into something I want to talk about in a second, this giving and takers. I believe we're talking givers and takers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And we can, this, and when I say edge, I'm going to use the word edge here. When we say we cross our edge in something, mm-hmm. everyone here, has, I'm sure, you know, oh yeah, that just put me over the edge. Right, right. Which it, it threw me, you know, it, you know, it brought me into pain or it brought me um, into anger. It, it caused me to be reactive. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we don't want to cross our edge, you know. Um, we're, we're trying, in all aspects of who we are, we're not trying, we don't, we want to be careful not to because it's, it doesn't work. It, right. it, it inhibits growth. So we can, people can be taking past edge, past their edge and our edge, and we can give past edge. And I've, I've had experiences, I mean, especially as a, a parent and a grandparent, there's times where we give past edge, we're, or as a healthcare provider, or as a, you know, um, the, the type of person you were mentioning. It's so easy to give past our edge. Well, look what's happening with all of the COVID, um, you know, the people that are on the front line, so to speak. Sure. You know, that when they interview them uh, on television, especially with the evening news, Mm-hmm. You know, they are at their breaking point. Sure they are. Because they have given and given and given and given. And most hospitals right now are down significantly on the number of nurses and providers there. And so they're having to work more hours, you know, to see more people. And there's more people dying. And, you know, they're very frustrated because, you know, maybe some of this could have been avoided. Um, I had a person... Uh, her name is Julie uh, Brannon, but she was on my show a couple of weeks ago. And she said, you know, instead of just saying to people on the news, go get your shot, along with that, they should be saying, put down the Twinkie. <laughs> because, you know, they're thinking that the shot is going to make all the difference. And if they haven't chased their, ba- or, you know, changed their basic lifestyle. Sure then nothing truly is going to change. That's absolutely true. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think we're being bombarded um, every single evening on the news. If people are turning on, you know, starting at 5 o'clock, if they're turning on the news, they are seeing that, you know, we are at a place um, with the physical elements, you know, and not even the environmental, although now we're looking at this uh, Dixie fire out in... Yeah. California and it just burned the total town of Greenville mm-hmm. is gone mm-hmm. you know it, it burned it up and so everybody who you know maybe escaped COVID now has no home right and no business yeah yeah so this is this is what multi we're, we're kind of like you said bombarded multiple fronts one of the things you're talking about watching this stuff over and over on the news is another way we're giving away our energy mm-hmm. is is what are we feeding our head right we can talk about the twinkie what are we feeding our body right but our, is what we're taking in um into our head and into Helping our heart us. is it nutrient dense or is it empty calories right exactly and is it is it is it moving me in the direction i want to go or is it just amping up my reactiveness and my anger and mm-hmm. all this some people need to just turn it off. Well, that's one of the things we're going to, I'm going to kind of say here, and I'm going to give a little story. So we talk about energy vampires. We talk about giving, giving too much, you know, mm-hmm. giving past edge and this type of thing. I have a story that I have a, had a, a student of mine years ago, and she, by the way, uh, I don't use names of anybody, but she did give me permission to use this story as an anecdote to teach from. And she came to me years ago as, as a yoga teacher, and... Um, she had migraines. She had these incredible migraines. When she came 
as a yoga teacher and a body worker. And so we, we started working through um, the scenario. And as it turned out, she was, the migraines would come up twice a week. And they would last two or three days. So this woman was in a migraine almost all week. Oh my gosh. And these are migraines that were so intense, you know, it put her in bed, you know, throwing up this whole thing. And I've never personally had a migraine, but I've worked with a lot of people. So it just sounds like hell to me. So we started kind of, you know, de deconstructing how this was going on. And the, the essence of it was this. She had two people she would talk to on the phone on a regular basis. One was her sister and one was a, another person, a friend, if you call it friend in this case. And <clears throat> both of these people that she talks to, talked to, would be in that category of energy vampires and negative people. So these were people who were all they had to do was spew negativity. Mm -hmm. And these are her words, okay? And they were, they were caustic to her as well. I mean, they were, they were not kind. So she'd spend two or three hours on the phone with these folks and click into a migraine. Oh, wow. Okay. Then by the time that one's done, she'd have the phone call, the second phone call. So, the, of course, the question, the first question in my head was, why are you talking to them? Mm -hmm. That was a complicated answer that I'm not even going to discuss in this at this point. That's another that's another part of this, but because <clears throat> I'm kind of cut into a solution here, one of the solutions to the to this. So I was I was kind of thinking, what the heck are we going to do here? You know, it's, she's not really willing to just not talk. I said, is not talking. Is, I, can, I have to talk to him. Okay, we'll talk about that later. I said, do each one of these people have a separate ringtone that identifies them when they call you? Oh yeah. So when does this stress thing start to happen? As soon as I hear the phone ring, because she knows who it is. Mm -hmm. I said, why don't you do this? Why don't you neutral? Everybody that you know that calls you gets the same ringtone. So when the phone rings, you don't know who it is. Mm -hmm. And I said, so she said, okay, I'll try that. So she came back maybe two weeks later. I said, how'd it go? She said, I haven't had, I've not had migraine since. And I said, so well, how did that work? She said, well, if I don't know who's calling me, I don't answer the phone. Oh. Which I didn't know. She said, apparently they called me and I didn't answer. So I haven't talked to them for two weeks. And finally, I called them to that, <laughs> thinking, are you guys okay? Right. So what did she do? She built, basically, she took, it was a tool. Mm -hmm. She built a wedge between stimulus and response. She stopped that interaction with the folks that were in quotes energy vampires or she stopped a scenario where she was just giving mm -hmm. and they were taking right right and it was being triggered by the ring and exactly the first place was the ring so that's just a simple little tool I would even call that a mindfulness practice mm -hmm. just building a wedge between stimulus and response and as it turned out it it was a catalyst because it just broke a cycle of suffering that the relationship shifted that now eventually they were became concerned about her and why she wasn't you know receiving the calls they were thought she was sick or hurt or something and things just shifted it just shifted the relationship they broke that cycle which I thought was really interesting now that may that's that's one little example of things we can start doing if we identify where are we giving our energy away mm -hmm. because she was voluntarily giving her energy away and putting herself in a place of getting the migraine because right. she answered the phone. Right. She wasn't distancing herself from the situation. So there's an example of, yeah, with the, what little things can we do if we're finding a place, where am I giving my energy away? Mm -hmm. am, I, am I around negative people? So for and, her, you know, her hole in her bucket 
she began to plug up. She was plugging the hole. Now, it was still leaking a little bit because, we, and th- this, is, this is another part of how I worked with her, why did you feel compelled in the beginning mm-hmm. to put yourself in that position? And that was a little bit deeper issue for her, um, and, and that's, you know, that's not for us here. But she made, the, she made a move. Mm-hmm. And she identified part of the cause. She did. She identified. I got. A, I just got. Well, I. I just gave her a tool. To, you know, it was kind of off the cuff. I was just gave her a tool that it seemed to work. It just stopped her behavior. Mm-hmm. It stopped that habitual thing. Are we consistently putting ourselves in a position where we are getting drained? Mm-hmm. Being with certain people, being in certain uh, scenarios, mm-hmm. um, watching certain programs, or what are we doing that we are starting to recognize? Boy, after I do that, I feel like doo doo. Mm-hmm. How can I just temporarily put a halt there? Mm-hmm. How can I fast from that? Mm-hmm. You know, every time I go out with my friends on Friday night, Saturday, I just feel terrible mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So, the other thing is giving past edge. You know, as there's, I think as we're, as we go through life, we're givers and takers. Mm-hmm. When you're a small child, you're taking primarily, mm-hmm. okay, and your parents are giving, and then as life flows, it goes back and forth. But if you're giving consistently, and it's it's taking you past your edge, it's it's bringing your energy down. You're consistently, you're angry, you're reactive, you're resentful. Mm-hmm. Then you're saying, wait a minute, I got to back up. Do I really need to do that? Right. So we got to recognize first where the source of that energy leak is. So that's those are a couple ideas. Um, One of the things, um, you know, a lot of people have close relationships with members of their family, where they are energy drainers. Yep. And that's going to be a little more complicated. I mean, they may be able to identify that this is, uh, you know, a big area of a leak that I have because I'm overextending, I'm overdoing, I'm overgiving, um, you know, and that's going to be a conversation that once they've identified that, that they need to have in order to begin to plug up that bucket, so to speak. Um, but it can be a child, it can be a parent. There's a lot of people right now that are in what's called the sandwich generation, mm-hmm. where they have um, children that are still at home, but they have aging parents that are very demanding. Um, it might be their job, you know, that, that, that are, that's an energy drainer because of the pressures that um, people are experiencing at work. Absolutely. And you can have parents with adult children at home and the children are taking too much and the parents are giving too much. And mm-hmm. there's a time where you may, hey, wait a minute, I need to parent a little more strong. I need to identify my boundaries. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, but I think one of the things that, um, the hardest thing I think for, especially you talked about people who are um, empaths or intuitives or people who are uh, givers in that giver category. The mm-hmm. hardest thing for us to say is no. Is no. Is no. Yeah. And no sounds so negative. But when you say no to one thing, you're saying yes to something else. Right. Right. So you have to realize if I'm going to close a door here, I'm going to say yes, I'm going to open a door or a window over here. And no can be scaled up and down. Mm-hmm. No it sounds very definitive. Mm-hmm. And there's a time and place to say absolutely no. Mm-hmm. But there's other thing, other ways to say, for instance, the lady with the phone thing, I did a scenario. 
she didn't say no. She just said not now in her mm-hmm. own way. In her own way. Not now. I'll get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. Let me think about it. Um, or don't even answer the phone and give it time and space. Right, because that's just a delay. It's not a definitive no. No, and when people these days, you know, they text and they email and they're expecting immediate responses from you. Well, the beauty of that is um, don't answer the phone. Don't answer the text right away. Give yourself time to respond appropriately. And mm-hmm. sometime, you know, so you can scale it. You can get back, hey, thanks for the email. I'll get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. I just did that this morning. I had a student with this that big thing they wanted to talk about and I wasn't ready to and if I had done it I would have gone past my edge mm-hmm. both time to come mm-hmm. here to see you mm-hmm. <laughs> and be here and other things um, so learning how to say no is a way to that no in its various forms is a way to plug the bucket right right that's a really powerful plug right. as a matter of fact right and if I'm saying no to that I'm saying yes to myself and, and my own health and my own energy to allocate appropriately right and then that goes back to examining maybe the root cause of why the bucket's draining. Because if you don't realize that you're overextending yourself to the degree that it's harming you, then you know you've got to kind of have a come to Jesus talk with yourself. Well, you know, and be able to say, looking in the mirror, I can only do so much. You can only do so much. You know, I have to. I'll just share something personal here to a certain degree. This last week, we had a large group of family uh, in. And I always say, you choose your friends, not your family. So right. I'm just going to, okay. Right. So love them dearly, but um, there's a dynamic. And we just happen to have a perfect storm. When you get these, these people together, you know, individually, you can have a relationship. But when you get this dynamic, things happen. And it becomes, you know, uh, a meltdown kind of thing. So we, we had a very negative experience. And we have a couple folks in the family who particularly problematic, um, very caustic, and very, got a lot of anger in this. Anyway, it created, um, kind of left my wife and I, because they were guests in our house, and many of them, oh, wow. as, okay. as it, we kind of walked away with PTSD, because, and I, I don't say that lightly, my wife more than myself, because she was the brunt of a real, not physically, but emotionally and psychologically violent attack, mm-hmm. and it's not the first time. So this goes to what we're talking about. This happened a few years ago, same people, same person. And after that time, that, it took my wife months to get over that because it, was, it wasn't even, there was no logic. It was just a mental health issue with this person. And I said, we can't, we can't do that again. Well, she put herself back in the scenario, into the situation. So, you know, it's the dog bites you once, it's the dog's fault. If the dog bites you twice, it's your fault. Exactly. And this is the situation. And so, um, we, she finally, and it's her side of the family, it's, we finally, after, after action, we sat down and we had this discussion about how we gave away our, our energy because you mm-hmm. allowed this to happen again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you know, and so how, what do we do? And we've had to make some really hard choices. We've had to learn how to say no. Doesn't mean we don't love you. Doesn't mean we, you know, we, we don't care. It means we care. But we cannot have that presence we have to cut off that presence right we have to cut off this you know getting together in this fashion for that dynamic to get caustic Mm -hmm. and it's really hard with family Mm -hmm. but we came to a point where we came to that came to Jesus point where it was like this thing can happen again Mm -hmm. we can't do this and it can be really hard and it's not always with family Um, you know when I said where else are you draining that energy I said what are you feeding your head 
like you said, turn off the TV. Mm-hmm. That that can be a real drain because it's all. Is there any really good news? Uh, you know, it, good news doesn't sell. No, it doesn't, and so it's the catastrophes and the, you know, those kinds of issues. That's why people love horror movies. I won't even go to a horror movie, and yet they, you know, sell millions and millions and millions of tickets. Yeah. Um, so no, I. I'm one of those people that watches like the Hallmark Channel, or I watch Nature, or I watch, um, you know, something that does feed my soul. And certainly, the news is not where it's at for right. me. Right. No, I, as you know, people used to go to hangings for entertainment. So, you know, that's true. Yeah. yeah so that, that, right. You know, you're right. Catastrophe. Um, on a personal, real, I mean, the, so where am I leaking energy? Is it in relationships? Most of the time, I find that we're leaking with that whole thing of energy vampires is really big. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things that we can do. You know, I, the one thing, the scenario with the the phone ring, the phone thing with the lady is one way. But um, first of all, just examining, you know, where is there a relationship? Is there a category in my life where I am giving? I'm giving too much. Or I'm continually putting myself in a, you know, a situation where I'm allowing people to take my energy. Right. And then how do I boost up my energy? And we're gonna, you're going to talk about some of the ways. One of the ways is just, first of all, stop the leak. Mm-hmm. And then how can we build that energy back up? Right. And there's a number of ways we can do it. Um, just another thing I want to say that this, is, this actually became part of my, my last week's scenario. One of the places that we, I think, bleed energy is in resentment, non-forgiveness. Mm. I think this is a place where, you know, I've likened it to a weight in a backpack. Mm-hmm. You know, resentment and anger and fear, these are all like rocks that you put in your backpack, but they can also be look, looked at conversely as holes in your bucket. Right. Because you're you're dripping energy away holding on to that resentment and not forgiving. So these, is there a category in my life where I need to let go of that resentment? Mm-hmm. So I can plug this, because mm-hmm. it's every time that comes up, it, what does it do? It produces anger, resentment, and maybe somewhere in there is fear. Those are just so many little pinholes of energy drip mm-hmm. in the bottom of your bucket. Now, I'm not giving. I don't have. This is a place to give a ton of solutions. Right. But start awareness. Awareness mm-hmm. of these are places. Wow, I never even thought of that. Right. Yeah. Well, look at the number of people that go to their job. You know, it's not a place that maybe is very rewarding for them, but they have to have a paycheck, so they go. And they resent the fact that they're not appreciated. They resent the fact that, you know, they are being asked to do more with much less. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's less in the way of financial, you know, because a lot of companies even cut back salaries during COVID. But certainly a lot of people have had to work you know, in much more difficult situations because there are less people around them. So they've had to take on more responsibility. And then that resentment and anger builds. And yet they have to keep going back, you know, to that same place because they're tied to the financial reimbursement that pays their bills. And so, you know, I, I guess just being aware that that can take place. And then what do you do? You know, if you have identified it, then how do you plug the bucket? You know, and I tell people, start working on your resume. You know, there are a lot of other jobs out there. Right. And so look at what you have 
that you can offer. Maybe go take a class or two and be working in a direction that's going to give you more options. But don't just sit. It's kind of like the dog that sits on the nail and moans. Yep. You know, when it gets painful enough, he gets up and moves. Right. So how much pain do you want to endure before you move? You know, there's just a thought came to me. That's a, I think this is a really big one, especially in those times when people have lost jobs mm-hmm. and there's a lot of financial hardship out there. And I'm thinking about this bucket analogy. <clears throat> and one of the things I think that causes resentment, and, and I've been in this and probably m- many of us have, is that we've over-identified ourselves, who we are with our job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when we do that, the resentment becomes exponential because I'm not living my truth. This is not who I am. But if you can kind of categorize or compartmentalize it a little bit, say, I have to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, to build, I'm going to do my resume over here. And I'm going to work on the side and get my education, go to school. But right now, this is putting food on the table. Right. But this is not who I am. Right. This is what I'm doing right now for a very specific purpose. So you're not able, maybe that hole in the bucket, that's a hole in your bucket right there, drawing your energy out. You may be able to put a semi-patch on that, mm-hmm. but it's going to still leak. Mm-hmm. So now it becomes this... It's leaking one drop, but I have to feed the bucket in another way to compensate for that little drip. I'm working on sealing that drip, and I'm working on it, but at the same time, I have to put a little bit more water in the bucket to compensate for that hole I can't completely plug right now. Right, but, but you mo- don't have to feel like you're a prisoner. No, I'm, I'm moving in a direction. You're mm-hmm. taking, you're proactive. Okay, I recognize that's what's going on. I haven't fixed it 100%, but my awareness is, is part of it. And it's not who I am, and over here I'm doing something else. Right. So this isn't like this isn't all or nothing. Mm-hmm. This is all process oriented stuff, I think. Um, and one of the last things, and then we get into talking more about you know solutions. Is we talked about what you're feeding your head. Uh, it's it's also that's not only watching TV, but what you read, what conversations you have. Think about people you have conversations with. Mm-hmm. How many people do you have, and this is kind of rhetorical, but how many times do you find people that the only conversation they can have is negative? Mm-hmm. They're always complaining mm-hmm. about something. I mean, I, have, I, can, on one, I can name five people right now that I have conversations with that it's always negative. Right. Well, that eventually is going to wear. Right, because you hear the same thing over and You're over You're hearing again. the same thing over and over again, and unless you're really, really solid in yourself with, you know... Um, I would say protecting your energy, um, that's going to wear on you and that's going to that's gonna be a drip that's mm-hmm. taking your energy. It's a simple thing. Step away. Mm-hmm. It's hard if it's family, but you may have, or if it's a close friend or a loved one. Yeah. You can have a conversation with them, but that doesn't always fix it. Right, right. I, I think you need to find, you know, a one or two sentence exit, you know, for those individuals. And it might be, you know, we talked about that the other day, and things really haven't changed. But let's let's table that for now. Yeah. Um, something that that's will, a good. That's great. I like that a lot. Yeah, just yeah. something that will. I'm gonna work oh, on that myself because I got a couple of people I need to come up with that sentence uh, uh, phrase. Yeah. yeah, I mean it. It's a protection, mm-hmm. and it it doesn't exactly mean that you hold your hand up in front of their face and say talk to the hand. Right. right. You know, but it is a way of saying. We've been down that road, yep. and you know there's nothing that's really changed sufficiently, so let's just move on. And interesting enough, I, I have found um, 
when you do that, all of a sudden the relationship starts to dwindle because the relationship was based on them complaining you listening. Exactly. And then you realize that wasn't really a relationship. No. Nope. I mean, it wasn't a healthy relationship. It, it was a healthy, relationship, yeah. but it wasn't healthy for any, for you or them. Or for them. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing, the other category here is, um, and we talk about all these things going on in our lives, you know, COVID and uh, disasters and what have you. Um, the one thing that I believe, and we've talked in other other sessions about is our connection with nature mm-hmm. and we know we've used this idea in some building resilience and some of the other things that we've talked about but right now it's so easy for us to have a um, an adversarial relationship with nature I mean here we are we're in Florida right now it's hot it's not as hot as it is in some places but you've got heat you've got wildfires you've got flooding you've got global warming you've got all these things and nature is now the as an enemy to us mm-hmm. you know, let's not forget that we probably brought ourselves to this place well greatly. i think red tide is a perfect red, example red tide is, we definitely did that red tide there's another one so having an adversarial relationship with nature even in your own head mm-hmm. is very unhealthy mm-hmm. um, in fact we um we need to have a beneficent a positive relationship with nature and if you turn on the news and everything you know nature's just beating us up left and right how can we even in small ways like you know you you grow some beautiful plants and flowers and things and you you have just on a personal level we can do that you know how can i do small things that have help me have a better uh, loving relationship to nature because we are as your friend tara said we're you know being human Mm-hmm. We are of the earth. Human comes from the Latin word humus, which humus. means dirt, earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we are of the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like it becomes a self-loathing when you hate nature. Right, right. <laughs> you, right. You, you're, you're part of it. Right. So finding those small ways to have a, a better relationship. You know, we were talking just before we went on, we look at First Nation people and uh, Aboriginal folks, and, and historically their relationship, with they had a very intimate relationship with nature. And it wasn't... When things would go awry, mm-hmm. whether you know they had a drought or a fire, whatever, a flood, instead of getting angry at nature, they were looking at themselves. What did we, what did we do wrong mm-hmm. to get out of sync with nature? Right. And they may have a ceremony to get back right with nature. Mm-hmm. So there was a, it was a mindset difference. Mm-hmm. We go to war with nature and try to control it. They're trying to come to terms with it. And I think we need to adopt that attitude much more. One of the things that I am seeing happening uh, worldwide is this awareness of what we're doing to the environment and how we need to make these corrective steps because that's the hole in the bucket environmentally. Big, big um, And, you know, the, the fires that are out in California, that's been a... My parents used to live in California, and you do have cycles of droughts and things, but they've never stopped the building. They've never, you know, they keep pushing um, boundaries, you know, into the woods where you can have fires, and now all of a sudden people are losing their homes. So, you know, one of the biggest issues they've got out there right now is this drought because there's no water, Mm. um, and they're looking at melon farmers and orange groves and almond trees that you know need water to survive it's a crop 
but they may not have the resources water-wise. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some of this is maybe going to die, which means the jobs are going to be lost, sure. which means that, you know, and it's, it's, it's this major ripple effect. Sure it is, yeah. Absolutely. Whereas, you know, there's, in fact, just side note on the thing in, in California, they've actually, um, they've started in some places to reach out to some of the indigenous folks, you know, uh, and how did you guys deal with this, you know, how did, historically? And they mm-hmm. said, well, we didn't do what you did. We con- we had controlled fires to keep that underbrush right. from from accumulating. Right. And when a fire came through, it did what it was supposed to. Fire was Fires are part of, you know, there are trees mm-hmm. that, I think it was a particular kind of pine tree, that the, the pine cone of the seed is at the top of the tree. And the only time it bursts open is when there's a fire. Hmm. It causes it. so the, they were designed to withstand natural fire, right? And actually adapted to that yeah, well, because we've always had lightning fires, yeah, right? Right. But what's happened is what you said: the human impact, and and they're not clearing, mm-hmm. they're they're building and not clearing the underbrush, and they're mm-hmm. not doing some of these things, whatever the reasons are. So that's just a little side note. So I guess we now we want to go to how do okay we're talking about plugging the holes. Mm-hmm. Now how do we fill the bucket? Well, one of the things that I do talk about a lot um, on the show is that if you don't have your physical health, then the rest of it is almost impossible um, because you have to feel healthy in order to have the energy to even give or to receive. So it, you know, that that's critical is what are you doing physically? And, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things you can do. I mean, obviously diet is important and as much as you can, you know, maybe grow some of your own food, uh, do some organic things, um, you know, consider uh, nutritionals because our crops that are grown for the most part, the soil is depleted, you know, unless you're mm-hmm. trucking in manure and um, some other things to nourish, you know, your garden, you're working in soil that is void almost of vitamins and minerals that used to be there. Um, so you have to look at, at that part. And then um, I think nutritionals are are critical for me at least, Mm -hmm. you know, in maintaining a healthy uh, body. But but beyond that, uh, exercise, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. getting out and moving, doing something uh, every single day, Uh, looking at sleep. A lot of people, you know, are not in a routine of sleep. So, you know, they go to bed at various times as opposed to having a time that is kind of set for bedtime and making sure that for as much as possible um, they're not doing things like on their phone, playing games, right. uh, watching television. So, I mean, what do you do? Well, you know? well, I mean, what you just said, I just want to, on what you just said was, was a big thing. Through this whole COVID thing, I, you know, let's assume we're coming out of it, but mm-hmm. we may be kind of re- regressing. Um, how much time were people, of course, spending at home? Mm-hmm and spending more time on television, on, on electronics. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zoom, if I wish I had more stock in Zoom, because Zoom, look at all, your people are working in this mode, and then they're, right. then they're on their phones. And all this media input, screen input, whether it's work or play, um, it does stimulate the brain, and it does really interfere with sleep, especially if you're on that media before, just before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, people had less physical you know, they were staying at home. They weren't going and do, going out and doing things physically as much as they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's a whole, all sorts of 
you know, anecdotal information and statistics out there about people gaining weight, people drinking more alcohol. COVID-30, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. And all these things, mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously the that scenario, the, the COVID really through a whammy. People weren't going to the gyms. They weren't going to the yoga studios, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they were afraid to even go outside their homes and walk. There was a lot of that, too. And then you combine, of course, if there's a weather issue. Then mm-hmm. you, so, um, yeah, diet and exercise. We can say, what do I do? I, I do my, the three things I do and one thing. I, I, I had a place to walk that I'd never had to really curtail because it was a, a small park area. Mm-hmm. But I walk, do yoga, and I swim. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's the three things I could do. And if, if swimming requires to be outside in a pool, which we have a pool where I live, walking requires outside, but worst case scenario, I can be in my living room and do yoga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I'll also say one thing, just a little plug for that, is that you know in the yoga tradition and in even the Chinese tra- medical tradition, mm-hmm. they have this idea of energy. You know, prana, prana. is the mm-hmm. world, the life energy, universal right. life energy in yoga, but qi is in the Chinese system. So these are energy systems. Mm-hmm. And although what you eat brings in a certain amount of chi or energy or prana, one of the primary, if not the primary, vehicle for that energy outside of yourself is the breath. Mm. So people just breathing. Now I think it's it's unfortunately ironic that COVID is a respiratory problem. Isn't that interesting? And so when you think about that, that that is not only affecting your lungs, but that's affecting your energy intake mm-hmm. and metaphorically and reality wise. So um, different ways to build that energy. How do you build that energy? You start talking, you're talking about nutri- nutritionals. Mm-hmm. Um, in Chinese, they call it grain chi. You know, there's, there's different types of energy manifestations, but what you eat, what you ingest, both it, it affects that and it affects uh, what you ingest mentally emotionally mm-hmm. affects that mm-hmm. so uh, this isn't a, a time today to talk about yoga and breath work necessarily but you know what positive steps can you take um, I, I would say meditation right you know we've taught me- and prayer and just as a little thing because I know some folks you know you say meditation to some folks and they shut down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like no 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 I'm a this I'm a that I'm a you know, whether I'm a Christian a Jew I'm a, whatever it is I'm a Muslim, you know, meditation, no, that's not what we do. We pray. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been working a lot with different Christian groups, and I define meditation and prayer as two sides of the same coin. Prayer is talking to the divine. Meditation is listening to the divine. That's very, very interesting. And a good conversation mm-hmm. requires someone speaking, and mm-hmm. then somebody has to shut up and listen. And listen, right. And what we do is with prayer all too often is we talk too much. Mm-hmm. You know, the divine is not deaf. You don't have to keep saying it. Mm-hmm. Say it once and then listen. Listen because the, resp- the, the the universe, the divine, whatever the word is you use, it will get back to you. Mm-hmm. You just got to pay attention to the answer because the answer may not come the way you thought it was going to come. Right. right. You know, and, and the divine may say no. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, they didn't answer my prayer. Yeah, they did. They just happened to say no. And they said something else that you didn't want to hear. So I know that's another conversation, but it's a conversation. This is actually, I did a three-day retreat with a church in North Carolina based on that. Hmm. On, because obviously prayer is a big part of the Christian tradition, as it is many. And um, spending all your time praying and asking, the divine is not an ATM or a gumball machine. You don't put your money in and get what, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, okay, you put it out, 
and then you have to listen for the response and accept the response as it comes. So that in itself is a whole nother category of um, nurturing yourself and filling that bucket, plugging holes. If you're angry at God all the time, you're angry at the divine the universe, that's a big leak. Well, it's not even just totally a big leak, but whatever we're sending out is what we're going to get back. Absolutely. So if we keep sending out anger and resentment and all kinds of negative emotions, how can we even remotely expect to get anything different back? We're not going to. It's going to be coming back to us exactly what we sent out. Absolutely. In doing body work, Mm -hmm. I've come to a, and and this comes from my study of yoga as well, this idea of how to, whether it's protecting ourselves from the negative energy or whether it's what you were just saying, or how do we nourish ourselves, uh, sort of a metaphor or visualization kind of works for me. Uh, when <clears throat> is, in, and we talk about, you know, we give our energy away. The reality is when you're giving your energy, you're making a mistake already. Mm-hmm. And I found this out the hard way as a, as a massage therapist and energy worker. Because we individually only have a reservoir, a small reservoir of energy, mm-hmm. whatever you, word you want to put on it. Mm-hmm. If we're not replenishing that energy, that you give your energy away, you're done. Mm-hmm. And the only way to really be able to give effectively and not be depleted, the way to fill the we're plugging the we're plugging the holes, but at the same time we're trying to become a better conduit. Mm-hmm. or a pathway for energy. And think about a garden hose, for instance. And the garden hose is this channel where the water is that energy that flows, and you're the, you're the hose. You're, you're the hose, you're, okay? yeah. And if the hose is completely blo- uh, um, open, no, no blockages, that energy flows in, and you're not the source. The source is outside of you. Mm-hmm. You're just open to it. And that's a, you know, the universe is, a, is a, an endless source of that energy. Right. All you have to do is let it in. Right. And so you so what what can cause a problem there? Oh, there could be a clot of dirt in there. There could be a kink in there. There could be a, a corrosion. All of those things I would liken to are imbalances. Mm-hmm. That in that resentment on oh, that makes a big clot of dirt in my and it's blocking that energy or channeling or my fear or my this or my that. And if we start to clear that stuff out, that energy can flow into us, but we have to open it. Mm-hmm. And actually that energy, this goes back to a number of things you've said in other, other, um, other shows, is that energy is really love. Mm-hmm. But in the case of that, it, it's a flow in and a flow out. Right, right. And it, it has to flow out so that it, it can flow in. And once you can do that, and that's really the object of all of the spiritual practices, I think, one of the objects, one of the main things, is how do you become a conduit for that universal energy, that love? And the, the basic way is to you know make sure that the blockages are gone. You have to get rid of those blockages. Yeah. And we're using all these metaphors, blockages in a hose, holes in a bucket. Right. Just, these are all just images to try to get an understanding of where these imbalances are, mm-hmm. how they're affecting us. Mm-hmm. They can be draining us mm-hmm. on one hand, they can be blocking us on another. Mm-hmm. So these are all just... Well, and then in the past we've talked you know, about chakras and keeping, mm-hmm. because when you keep your chakras and your body in balance, 
then you have access to divine energy. Mm -hmm. But how many people have restrictions in their throat? They can't say what they feel. And so, you know, the restriction is there, and that's the hole in their bucket. Or how many times is it in their heart because they're not in touch with their intuition, but more importantly, they're not in touch with that whole love center. Yep. You know, it's, it's blocked there because of maybe resentment, anger, uh, fear, you know, all kinds of things sure. that are, are taking place there. And they're not grounded, you know, so the root chakra takes you back out into nature. You know, go hug that tree, go walk barefoot in the grass. But be aware that the earth is here to give to us, but we have become takers in such a major way that the earth is struggling to give. There's a book that I, if I, you may be familiar, probably familiar with, and uh, I would recommend speaking of this exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Ishmael. Mm. Have you read it? You know, I think I did a long time ago, and um, so it's about. It's about this idea. It's a it's a fiction, but it's a really it's a very it's a short book, and I can't remember the author right off. And I, I apologize, but Ishmael is um, basically it's a gorilla. Mm-hmm. Ishmael's a gorilla, and in this in the book through a series of events, it's a gorilla that was in a you know like a, a zoo environment and represents nature. Mm-hmm. And this guy ends up getting possession of the, the gorilla, and he has a conversation with the gorilla. Now, obviously, it's a very contrived kind of a scenario. But what it was was this guy's conversation with the gorilla, and the gorilla was reflecting back nature's perspective. And this whole idea of givers and takers, mm-hmm. and it is that you know there were cultures that were giver to, giving cultures and taking cultures, mm-hmm. and we're in a we're in a taking culture. We are, and you know. Aboriginal First Nation people were more in a giving culture, meaning they were giving, there was this giving back. There was a symbiotic relationship. There was a give and take. There was yeah. a give and take. Mm-hmm. And we're now in, a, in we're taking mm-hmm. with no real concept. Mm-hmm. And if you have a taking, a cultural taking mind, remember I said there, you can give past edge, but you can take past edge. Right. And we're taking past edge. Past edge. David Attenborough just did a oh, movie. I love those. Um, yeah. And it, it came out in April. I don't know whether you saw it or not. I've seen the pre, his previous movies. Movies. Yeah. Uh, this one is called uh, The Year Earth Changed. I don't think I've seen that one. Uh, it, I, it just came out, like, I want to say in April. <laughs> and so it's, it's probably available on Netflix and mm-hmm. places like that. But he looked at 2020 as how the earth changed because man had to change and the the different places that he went like in india they had run up to the rooftops because they could see the um mountains for the first time you know they could see everest and Mm -hmm. uh, it was always shrouded so they knew Mm -hmm. it was there but they couldn't see it from Mm -hmm. where they lived um this one it was so interesting in africa uh, there was a hunting, like a lodge, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, of course, nobody had been there for months and months and months. And so the animals had taken it over. Sure. And there was a cheetah that was just beautiful. And, uh, you know, there were people that were trying to maintain it, but nobody, no guests were there. And so, you know, the animals uh, basically, you know, walked around on the premises where once humans had been. And so, it was, you know, his whole, the whole 50 minutes is just absolutely stunningly beautiful. Uh, whales, the mother whales, because the um, people in Alaska would be out on the boats to sight see and see the whales. 
but they weren't able to hunt the way they would normally hunt uh, in pods. Mm -hmm. And if the mothers were away from their babies, the babies would have very distinct cries that the mothers could hear. Mm -hmm. But because of the engines in the uh, boats, they could no longer hear them. Noise pollution, yeah. And so, you know, they were staying closer to their babies, therefore they weren't able to hunt in the pods. And now they were back to doing what they were designed to do. Um, So it's a fascinating movie i, I, I'm, I will watch it i will definitely check it out you know which is when you're speaking about this and we, there are scenarios around the world where nature you know animals uh-huh. were coming finally coming out of the wood people are seeing animals they hadn't been able to see before because there wasn't as much traffic or the pollution had cleared and all right. these kind of things you're talking right. about and it just brings to mind and this could be controversial for some few people everybody has different opinions but i, I can't help but wonder or question all the resources and all the energy to go to other planets, especially when we're talking about our, and like I said, people have different opinions about this. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but we're running away from Earth. Mm-hmm. And we need to take care of it first. <laughs> we don't even know this place yet. Uh-huh. We don't even, we haven't even explored all the rooms in our house. Right, right. How much, how much time and energy and money has gone in exploring the ocean? Right. And the ocean's two-thirds of the planet. Right, right. It's kind of weird. It's like, okay, we've, we've kind of, mess this nest let's go find instead of cleaning the nest mm-hmm. let's go find another one that we can mess up because the paradigm if you're going to take that paradigm that you screwed it up here with mm-hmm. and take it to another place you're going to screw that place up too exactly you've got to change you, the you've got to change your paradigm right and exactly. then and actually and my question would be if you're born on mars are you a human or are you a martian or you well because you're no longer connected to earth right and if we define ourselves, I define, and this is kind of an interesting thing, I define myself as a human, and I think we have an intricate, being human, mm-hmm. at least part of our humanity, is connected to, to Earth. Mm-hmm. Now, there's another part of us that's universal, mm-hmm. but we are what we are. Right. And I think that that's important, because I think more, more and more we're disassociated for, from our true nature. Right, and we would become a human from Earth, or a human from Mars, or a human from the Moon. Would we? Or would we? Or would yeah. we? Yeah. Or are we something? Maybe it would be it'd be a point of self-reflection to realize that uh, if that human part drops off. What are we? Mm-hmm. And then they that would be a consciousness revolution to realize that I that was part of who I was, but not who I truly am. Right, exactly. I don't know, just the food for thought. It is. It's a food for uh, a future show, actually. It could be. could be. So, all right. Well, as we come to the end of this show, I guess one of the things to keep in mind for those that are listening is to identify what is the hole in your bucket. If it's physical, be aware of it, and what can you do to correct it? If it's spiritual, you know, and again, we're not saying religious, but if it's a spiritual issue where you uh, need to connect to something greater than yourself, then you know look at that. If it's people in your life or a job in your life that maybe is taking your energy, you know what can you do to begin to remedy the situation? Because none of us are prisoners. We all have the ability to make changes within our personal life, and it's just taking the responsibility to do that. Absolutely. And I'm just going to say... Um, two things here in closing uh, get your mojo back baby mm-hmm. and actually that's the title of a workshop I'm doing a virtual workshop coming up on the 22nd of August at 
anyone in the listening audience is welcome to come to. Mm -hmm. uh, I can tell can you they can. sign up at your... They can. If they, if they contact me at douglas at warnerhealingguidance.com, which of course is my email address, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll direct them to how to sign up for that. Uh, okay. it's, it's basically, it's a Zoom event. It's, mm -hmm. it's a Zoom session. Uh, we're going to explore for two hours. It's a Sunday. Um, it's going to be Sunday the 22nd uh, from 11 to 1. We're going to go into even more depth on these topics that we, we hit on a lot of things here. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a, a very doing workshop. Mm -hmm. be a, a lot of tools, a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about here. We're just mm -hmm. going to hit a little more depth. And then the Labyrinth Walk that you mentioned, again, if you're interested in, in the general uh, Pinellas County area, that's going to be the 21st of September mm -hmm. in Madeira Beach. Again, email me if you have an interest in walking the labyrinth with us, and I'll get you the information, the link to go there. Okay, sounds super. Thank you so much for being my Thanks, guest Lucy. again. Thank you, Lucy. It, uh, the hour goes by very, very quickly. So, um, again, everyone go out there and make this your very, very best day. Um, check out the website uh, if you want the uh, archive of all the shows, and there's a lot of shows Doug and I have done together. So um, we'll see you next week, and have a good one. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.